1: Hey, what's up everyone? Thanks so much for listening to go along with Dunn and Monas. This is go along with Dunn and Monas Sands Jim Monas. He is a busy, busy man working hard as the XFL season closes in. So thanks for putting up with myself on this podcast episode. Just a quick one here. I thought it'd be cool to, uh, almost zoom out a little bit and look at the construction of some of these teams. And if there's anything worth The other, what, 28 teams learning from? And one thing absolutely pops to me, and I'm not even sure exactly where I stand on it opinion-wise, but San Francisco 49ers, so fascinating how this team was built. Now, they did try to go all out with the quarterback. Lest we forget, they did trade multiple first-round picks for Trey Lance, right? A quarterback that... Had all of one year of college football under his belt, and that one year of college football was at North Dakota State. But he was big; Uh, he had the 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 physical tools that were rare. And Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch decided to trade the farm, go get him, take a chance on that athleticism. Well, he hasn't even seen the field hardly at all because of injuries. Obviously, Uh, we'll see what. His career really doesn't tell, but I think at this point, Brock Purdy is your 2023 day one starter. If you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, which kind of begs the question here as they're in another NFC championship game is this a model? Is this a blueprint for other teams to follow? Because this is Mr. Irrelevant. This is the absolute last player taken. In the draft, and not just any draft. He's a rookie <laughs> out of Iowa State um, in in a championship game, uh, and and not only I mean he's you got to count the Miami game because Jimmy Garoppolo was was hurt so early in that game. But he's what eight and zero. He's thrown three interceptions. He hasn't fumbled. He doesn't really press the ball down the field. He he doesn't make these ultra difficult throws that enamor us this time of year every year, right, at the Combine, the Senior Bowl, when everybody's looking at old college tape and figuring out which of these six, four prototypical rifle-armed quarterbacks can throw that deep out to the opposite side of the field. Stuff like that has everybody, you know, all jazzed up. I mean, just Justin Herbert makes those throws. There's a lot of quarterbacks who make those throws that are sitting home right now. So are more teams going to say, all right, you know what? The quarterback position, we, we, we could uh, spend all sorts of resources trying to chase and chase and chase and, and hand out the kind of guaranteed money that the Cleveland Browns did for Sean Watson or engage into years years-long contract negotiations with the Lamar Jackson and, and who knows how that even ends. Or do we try to get by on the cheap at quarterback? Like the really, really, really cheap? And build around him, pay for receivers, right? Pay for running backs, pay for linemen, pay for defense, go nuts around that position and compete year in and year out. I, I can't get all the way there. I feel like San Francisco is a unique situation because they, they have drafted well and they've been able to, to win. Um, with defense, with physicality, with violence, like as we've said on here, that their practices are just different with, with Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans and uh, how they operate. I think you're going to see though, you're going to see teams go this route. You know, there was such an inclination to just pay the next guy at quarterback, right? Especially a few years ago, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, boom, they were up for deals. They got their deals, and both teams were trying to get out of those deals about as quickly as they signed them. I, I think the te- teams aren't going to be in a rush to pay a top 10, top 15 quarterback, top five kind of money. The New York giants aren't just going to hand Daniel Jones a blank check because it's time. Um, that's going to have to be the right number for both parties because they know I'm sure as well as anybody, they've got the infrastructure and they've got the coaching staff to to do what San Francisco is doing to an extent to, to build around that position. I'm not so sure it's sustainable though. I, I feel like at the end of the day, you still want to have one of the elite of the elites at the most important position in sports, because it is, it is a position that still does have that minus touch. Uh, if you have a special quarterback, he's going to make everybody else around him that much better. Not only that, they don't get hit. They're not going to get hurt. So when you're investing, you know, tens upon tens of millions of dollars, when you're, when you're figuring out, all right, we've got, we got this pie. we got the salary cap money. How big of a piece are we going to give the quarterback position? You're going to give that position. You should give that position a huge piece because it's just smart financially, if this player is going to stay healthy and he affects so many people around him, right? You want, you, you want your resources. You want your financial capital going that, that direction, as opposed to paying up for a wide receiver or running back or cornerback or a tackle who is going to hit and be hit 50, 60, 70 times a game. And that, that, that adds up over time. It, It might not manifest itself until you know, week fourteen, week fifteen, but man, by that point of the season, that those players are going to be hurting. They might even be on IR, and you don't want to have that big piece of the pie just kind of in street clothes on the sideline with everything on the line where that quarterback is being protected, you know, to the ridiculous extreme, obviously, to the extreme of football becoming something other than football. I I feel like you still want to Think about that next transcendent talent at the position. You've got to be hunting for him. Even if the Giants do find the right number with Daniel Jones, that is not going to stop Joe Shane. That is not going to stop Brian Dable. They're going to be scouting like madmen, looking at every single quarterback in this draft in every conceivable way. Same thing in 2024. I mean, I, I mentioned this in our story up at uh, golongtd.com. Today, where even a Sean Payton, he can be choosy here, right? I mean, if he want, he, he's gonna want twenty, twenty-five mil reportedly a year as a coach. Um, do you really want to stake your career on a Russell Wilson who is obviously cooked? You know, he looked, he looked finished, he looked done. I get it. He says he's open to fixing, but it's one thing saying you're open to fixing and actually being willing to listen and actually being willing to take a step back and correct your game and not just your game, but maybe even change who you are as a leader, not be that standoffish, right? Not, not kind of put yourself up on this pedestal within the confines of, of, of a team dynamic. If you're Sean Payton, why would you just throw yourself in that situation? Oh, by the way, you don't have any draft picks. (laughs) You don't, you don't have any picks to, to go, you know, build around a quarterback who looked terrible last year. So I, I don't know why he would take that job. I mean, If Jerry Jones puts in writing that he will stay the hell out of the way in Dallas and give personnel control to Sean Payton, then that's obviously intriguing. You know, Dak Prescott is close to – he's in that second tier of quarterbacks, but he can he can get to that top tier with the right coaching. Mike McCarthy isn't going to get him there. I don't think we should hold our breath for Jerry Jones relinquishing power, of course. He'd rather stay in power than win games. So if I'm Sean Payton and I'm sitting there – you know, and I know I'm this teacher of the position, and this position is so unbelievably important. And I don't really know if the Carolina Panthers have a path to getting a franchise quarterback with where they're selecting in this draft. I might just wait. I might just hit pause. I might just hang out, you know, with Colin Cowherd at Fox Sports and talk about the NFL for a year. You know, make make some good money there. Wait till 2024. And oh, by the way, there's Caleb Williams out of USC, huh, A Heisman Trophy winner who's who can run, who a big arm, who I, I think I could, you know, have a career with. You know, if Sean Payton's coming back into the NFL, I I don't think it's just one and done. I mean he he's, he loves the game. He wants to coach and maybe develop a quarterback and win some games. So if hey, Houston Texans tank again, Caleb Williams is available first overall, I think that I think he'll be choosy. So I I still think I guess the the larger point here with this short podcast episode the quarterback is still the sun. Everything still orbits around the quarterback position, and I, I tend to think that the 49ers are more of an anomaly than trailblazing trendsetters. There will be teams who will pay like crazy and build around the quarterback position, and they should, right? Like Chris Sim said in our Daniel Jones story, go build an effing team, like just go. Go sign some receivers, go build a defense, retool the offensive line. You you should do all of that if you're not paying a quarterback. Um, But by no means should you just put the quarterback on the back burner. Say, oh, Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, got San Francisco to a conference championship game. We can do the same thing. Well, they also have the best tight end of this generation in George Kittle. They also have a hybrid threat in Debo Samuel, who is paid like a legitimate number one yet also can play running back Brandon IU is a thousand yard receiver. The line is really, really good. Obviously the defense is the best in the NFL. Um, I mean, they're linebackers. It's like Fred Warner's two players in one with the ground that he can cover. Nick Bosa's is the defensive player of the year. Uh, they've got the best safety in the NFL. It's, it's kind of ridiculous when you look at the talent. So it, 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 Took a perfect storm. It also, you know, the Kyle Shanahan's don't exactly grow on trees. So, you know, it all starts with him. He's a a brilliant game planner, a brilliant play designer. Granted, he gets in the fourth quarter with a lead. Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. uh This is going to be a big moment for him in this NFC Championship game. But he he knows what he's doing in terms of putting the right uh, pieces around the quarterback and and setting things up, you know, this really struck me in in writing the blood and guts how tight end save football in that George Kittle chapter because, you know, he's a really good receiver, obviously. Uh, But I think what makes George Kittle special is his role within this Kyle Shanahan run scheme where he is kind of unleashed as a blocker at very specific, deliberate, violent angles with timing, Watch the San Francisco game. See how he kind of moves in motion, or maybe he's out wide. Maybe he comes in the slot. Maybe he's in tight. Maybe he's in the backfield. And and, and, and w- how he approaches whoever he's going to hit. Maybe it's a DN. Maybe it's a linebacker. Maybe it's a DB. But he is earholing these guys at full tilt legally within the timing of an elaborate wide zone running scheme. I mean, there's just so much that goes into what San Francisco does, and you've got such a smart person running the show, the Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, who, you know, obviously is better than where he was picked. That's clear. I mean, he did. He set all sorts of records at Iowa State. He was great in college. He's been in big time moments. He played in a conference championship game. But he's also six foot nothing, two hundred twelve pounds. Pop begins uh, conversations with scouts, kind of say it all. I mean, there was scouts who said he was undraftable. That he just a career backup at best, at best. But within what San Francisco does, um, I think San Francisco—they're the one team that can pull this off long term because they do—they do suffer injuries, right? A lot of these guys they paid, a lot of these stars around the quarterback—they they have been getting hurt, but they just keep winning games. So I guess the my takeaway would be, yes, it's impressive. It's, it's a model worth thinking about. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Giants are a good example of a team that is going to pay a Daniel Jones a good amount of money but not break the bank kind of money when it comes down to it. And they're going to build around the quarterback position. But you're not going to see teams just outright try to win with, Sixth and seventh round picks a quarterback. That that That's not going to be the plan of attack because the quarterback is still the player who just makes everybody's lives that much better, that much easier, covers up mistakes, right? We're talking about everything going right around the quarterback position in San Francisco. Usually a lot of that stuff can go wrong and a team can still win games because the quarterback is so freaking good. We've spent a lot of time Talking about the Buffalo Bills, writing about the Buffalo Bills, you know, big picture, yes, they're in a a great state because they possess Josh Allen. They had a top five, top three quarterback. They have somebody who can throw it over the mountains and, and run you over and do all sorts of stuff that we haven't seen at the position before. And he's making a lot of problems elsewhere on the roster disappear. As Brandon Bean noted several times over, this is a team that did win thirteen games. This is a team that won three division championships in a row. This is a team in a good place, but it's because Josh Allen has made a lot of problems go away. He has been the anti- antibiotic that the Buffalo Bills uh, clearly, sorely, have needed. Because let's face it, these drafts haven't been haven't been terrible. Right? They've they drafted some some good players. They haven't drafted many great players. They've You know, uh, one one of these days they'll take a wide receiver in the first three rounds. Uh, McDermott and Brandon Bean have never done that um, since their first draft together in in 2018. But they like D-linemen. They like corners. Um you, you just just go through the drafts. I mean, even the high picks, the Ed Oliver's, the Tremaine Edmonds', the AJ Epiness's to Gregory Rousseau's, Bookie Basham. Kyrie Elam this, this past year. I mean, these are first and second round picks who, Cody Ford ahead of DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and Tarek McLaurin. I mean, these are first and second round picks other than Josh Allen, who, you know, have are range from bus, being bus, like Cody Ford to being marginal playmakers. You know, Ed Oliver might. Bust through the offensive line and get a TFL every so often. Played 56 snaps against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals rushed for what? Close to 180 yards. Then He had one tackle. Tremaine Edmonds, he did have a lot of tackles, but they were usually downfield or he was kind of getting washed out of the play. These are the games that matter 100 times more than any other game. This is how the Buffalo Bills should be du- judged. And they should thank the heavens that they chose Josh Allen instead of Josh Rosen because who knows – where all of these people would be in the organization if they didn't. But they did, and you have to give them credit for it. And now the pressure's on because he paid Josh Allen, he paid Stephon Diggs, he paid Von Miller, who turns 34 in March and tours ACL late in the season. We'll see where he is next year. Um, You've got to start drafting better. And I say all that with this. <laughs> There's a lot of teams out there with a lot of really good rosters, that would swap their team for the Buffalo Bills and a heartbeat, because they might not have the quarterback. They know damn well the Bills do. Look at the Jets. Jets have the roster. Look at their drafts. The drafts are loaded. They got studs all over the defense. They've got young playmakers on offense. They don't have the quarterback, right? I mean Joe Douglas, Robert Sala. They they probably swap rosters with with Brandon Bean and and Sean McDermott. So. That that to me is why you should still be searching for the quarterback. And when you have them, you pay them, and then you do everything in your power to bring the best out of them. And that's what the Bills have not done. They have not added weapons like they should around this quarterback. Um, they have not drafted receivers. They they passed on good tight ends. They passed on good backs. Here's a good counterfactual for you: the the, the Gregory Rousseau draft. They they liked. Travis Etienne, I'm fairly confident the Buffalo Bills would have absolutely drafted Clemson running back Travis Etienne if he was there. He was not. Blame Urban Meyer. (laughs) old Herbs, he drafted Etienne. And, uh, hey, I mean, Greg Russo has been a good player, at least when Von Miller's out there and he's singled up. Uh, But I think Etienne probably would have made this offense a hell of a lot more dynamic. Off of a serious season-ending foot injury as a rookie, here's what Etienne did. He had a hundred, I'm sorry, 1,125 rushing yards on 220 carries for 5.1, five touchdowns caught 35 balls. He's he he is exactly the sort of back that Brandon Dean was searching high and low for when he thought he had JD McKissick in free agency, when he pursued chase Edmonds and Edmonds chose Miami instead because of the taxes, as he told us, um, I mean, hey, he traded for Naeem Hines, but for whatever reason, Hines didn't see the field on offense. Boy, they really insinuated that it was because he didn't know the offense in that press conference, didn't he? It's kind of strange. Um, I don't know. F- find a way to get him the ball. Find a way to run a screen pass. For the love of God, when's the last time we saw a screen pass to a running back in Buffalo? So that, that that's where they, they, they kind of screwed up. I mean, they did the right thing. They got the quarterback. They did the hard part. Do what like Bill Polian did back in the day, right? I mean, as soon as they drafted uh, Peyton Manning, I'm taking away back. I mean, look at their drafts, and this is with a defense that wasn't that great, you know, was good to less than good. The very next year, Edron James fourth overall. Two years later, Reggie Wayne thirtieth overall. Two years after that, the legend Dallas Clark, baby, God, one of the. Most that was one of my favorite conversations in blood and guts. Um, just an, an unbelievable human being, what he went through on a, on a very personal level. Schematically, he is the one who really unlocked so much in that offense. So, Joseph Adai, a few years after that at running back, he was a Super Bowl winner. Anthony Gonzalez in 2007, after that, another receiver when they didn't need one. They just they just didn't stop. They just kept drafting weapons high in the draft, and it that, that really did help Peyton Manning um, sustain this the, the this breakneck fast break offense. So if, the, if if the Bills take a defensive player, I would expect fans to be very upset. I think we can all safely assume that Sean McDermott probably has a little bit more say in that room. He was there first. He wants the tools for his defense. We've seen with that. How far that takes Buffalo, though? It takes them to the N- the, to the AFC Divisional Playoff round where Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow um, are hardly touched. Four sacks on 122 dropbacks the last three seasons. Not many quarterback hits, hits on top of that. You want the quarterback, and when you find that quarterback, support that quarterback. So I guess the perfect storm for that would be Cincinnati. And yeah, Brandon Bean's right. They've, they've got guys on rookie deals. Um, but once you start paying those players, which the Bengals will do, then you do what K- Kansas City's done. You get creative in adding weapons. You you say, okay, maybe Tyreek Hill is, is really freaking good, but we're not going to pay him $120 million over four years. We're going to use that money elsewhere. We're going to obviously pay Travis Kelsey what he deserves, but get a hungry Juju Smith. Schuster on a on a short-term deal, right? He's, he's got something to prove. He's got incentive to play really well. He went for almost 1,000 yards this season. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, big, deep threat. Um, People thought he was overpaid. I mean, he was worth every dime of his contract. You draft Sky Moore, right? He was in the doghouse earlier this season, but it's pretty clear he's got some gifts to work with. And you trade for a Kadarius Tony, who's in a bad situation, in, in a doghouse just, you know, and with a new regime who drafted somebody like him and what was it? Wandale Robinson, I want to say. Um, and he just doesn't really have a role. So in your offense, it's perfect. You, you get creative via trades, finding players on one year deals with a lot to prove and always drafting. Because when you draft these receivers, you get them on cheap contracts, get them in your system and you can get a lot out of them in those, what, four years before you might have to pay that player five years if you've got the fifth-year option. Um, The Bills just haven't gone that route, and we will absolutely be discussing their next move through the spring. But first things first, Cincinnati, Kansas City, San Francisco, Philadelphia, two just fantastic games. You can really see any of these four teams winning the Super Bowl. I cannot wait to share – What I got down here in Cincinnati, actually, I'm sitting in a meeting room right now at the courtyard in Covington, Kentucky, right across the river from the stadium. I'm going to be driving back to Western New York here shortly and have this story on the Cincinnati Bengals defense out soon. It's a lot of teams, a lot of players who claim to be disrespected. Um, As I kind of found out here, it is real on an individual level. It is real on a team level, and it has become a very powerful force of nature for the Bengals. So check that story out at golongtd.com very soon. Thank you so much for listening everybody. I greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate it. Be sure to rate, review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, however you listen and share with a friend. Also love it when you subscribe to golongtd.com. And if you make it the annual subscription, our playoff deal is still in effect. We'll get you a copy of the blood and guts. If you're already a subscriber, let me know. You know, we can, we can figure something out. Maybe you want to get a buddy to sign up, subscribe, get you some blood and guts. Um, We'd love to keep this growing as fast and as big as we possibly can. It's kind of nuts. I'm going to, I'm going to find this real quick. If you can just uh, give me a second, there's a a tool within Substack that kind of gives us some insight into our audience and across, across the world. (laughs) This is pretty wild. You know, I'm talking about the website now, goalongtd.com. You know, we're read across all 50 U.S. states and 95 countries. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's fun. We've got we've got some subscribers down in South Africa, Nigeria, Spain, Sweden, eight in Australia. That's nice. Brazil, Chile, uh, of course, up in Canada, all over the place. So that's eh, just my way of saying thank you. You're if you're listening out there. Let me know where you're listening from. Email me, goalongchd at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. It's just I I can't believe it. I'm blown away. This has been so much fun. And uh we'll be down there in Phoenix to bring you some fresh coverage that hopefully you can't get anywhere else. Thanks so much, everyone. Also, a huge thank you to Fatty Beer Company for hosting our pre-divisional playoff pod. Uh, before Cincinnati Buffalo a ton of Bills fans a ton of Bengal fans out there on North Buffalo in Orchard Park New York so thanks to everybody for heading on out and thank you to Fatty for fueling us up head on down to a Fatty location near you they're all over western New York and growing really all over the country getting out there to Rochester down to Columbus Ohio Uh, so I thank you to them and hopefully we'll see you there at our next live event